Hello and welcome to Interesting History. This is Questions from Reddit, episode number two. First off, I want to apologize for missing last week. I'm completing the switch from SoundCloud over to Libsyn, so there's a little bit of back-end uh, Libsyn work that had to be done in order to get the feeds transferred over, but we're good to go now. I'm going to release two episodes this week just to kind of make sure. I want to have 52 episodes done this year, and uh, to miss one week, obviously, you have to catch up by putting out two one week, but that's okay. Without further ado, let's jump into the questions. Question number one. I didn't pay attention to history in high school. Now I want to learn history. Where do I start? Now this is a question that pops up probably two to three times a week on the history subreddit in different forms, but I think there are a couple of really good ways to become interested in history if you didn't really earlier in life. The first one being ancestry. This is the way that I became interested at a very young age. And you can even have someone in your family that has done most of the legwork and might already have it be viewable online for you. Sites like Ancestry.com allowed people to post information that they had had before the internet was a thing. And most of these sites today just charge a fee for you to get more in-depth information. But you should be able to find basic ancestral tree stuff. If you can't find anything on ancestral websites, ask your extended family if they have any information. When my family gets together for family reunions, we all share any new information that we have discovered since we last saw each other. Maybe you have a grandfather or a great-grandfather who fought in World War II or Korea. It's also reasonably easy to find his military information on these websites. What unit did he serve with? Where did he go and where did he end up? In the United States, you also have information if your ancestors came to countries as immigrants. On my mother's side of the family, they emigrated from Germany in the late 1800s. In my case, I was able to find where they came from all the way down to the village. You could learn more about the daily life of the person in the German state that they came from. Why would they have wanted to leave? Another really good way to become interested in history is to learn more about the history of a hobby that you have. Maybe you don't have any interest in political or state history. For example, I have in the last few years started brewing my own beer. This has caused me to become way more interested in the history of beer brewing and the techniques that have been used in the past. Maybe you adore the first car you owned. There's an infinite amount of data out there about cars and the history of those manufacturers. And the final thing is something that a lot of people today feel like they don't have is time. Luckily for you, there are a lot of services out there that will allow you to take in data with very little work. Podcasts and audiobooks are great. One podcast that I would think everyone would suggest to someone in this situation is Hardcore History by Dan Carlin. He does a fantastic job of telling a historical story. Most people don't even realize that they're learning while they're listening to it because it is so interesting. You can also use services like Audible. You pay $15 a month for one book credit, and you spend that credit however you please. I think I am personally lucky that I only spend about 45 minutes in a car every day. That is still around 5 hours a week, though. Most history audiobooks are going to be about 15 hours long, and that is one book every three weeks for me. So if I sprinkle in music some days, then I listen to my one book a month in the car. You can learn something new instead of listening to the hit music channel that you normally listen to. If you're interested in Audible, I too have a link in the show notes where you can get two free audiobooks to start, and then $14.95 per month after. You can cancel any time, and the books that you choose are yours to keep, even if you do cancel. I'd be interested to know how you got interested in history. Leave me a comment down below on YouTube, or let me know at interesting-history.com, my website. I'm definitely super interested in finding out how people become interested. Normally it's family-related, which is why I kind of talked about ancestry knowledge here. Um, but I think a lot of people now, today, are becoming interested through podcasts and different media sources like YouTube or Audible. All right, next up, why is the Marquis de Lafayette called the Marquis de Lafayette? 
Now, most Americans probably think that that's actually his name, you know, George Person. That's a name. The Marquis de Lafayette is actually a title. The Marquis is kind of like Duke or President. You know, we would call Donald Trump the President of the United States. It's basically what we're calling him. He's the Marquis de Lafayette, the Duke of Lafayette, basically. Um, he was the Marquis of Chavagnac Lafayette in southern France, which you can visit today. The castle in which he ruled in still stands. Up next is another easy one. Why did NATO not get involved in the Falklands War? And NATO is kind of the term that you need to look at here. The North Atlantic portion of NATO is the key to this situation. The treaty only calls for the protection of invasion in the Northern Hemisphere. The Falklands, obviously being in the Southern hem- Hemisphere to the east of Argentina, meant that Article 5 in the treaty was not an act. Article 5 is the call to protect other people in the treaty. All right, those were a couple easy ones. Let's jump into a little bit more difficult one. What were the U.S. government's official reasons for entering the First World War? The United States would have loved to have trade with both sides during the war, but there were two different factors that stopped that. The first being the British blockade of the Central Powers, and the second being German submarine warfare. The American government continually denounced German submarine warfare, and the Germans finally went too far when they reinstituted unrestricted submarine warfare in 1917. Woodrow Wilson went to Congress and didn't ask for a declaration of war, but instead asked Congress to recognize that Germany was already at war with the United States. In his resolution, he said, quote, Whereas the imperial government has committed repeated acts of war against the government and the people of the United States, therefore be it resolved by the Senate and the House of Representatives of the United States of America and Congress assembled that the state of war between the United States and the imperial German government, which has thus been thrust upon the United States, is hereby formally declared, and the present be, and he is hereby authorized, to employ the entire naval and military forces of the United States, and the resources of the government to carry on war against the imperial German government, and to bring the conflict to a successful termination, all of the resources of the country are hereby pledged by the Congress of the United States. So there you have it. Woodrow Wilson went to Congress and asked, not only for a declaration of war by the Congress, but to simply say that we were already at war and to give him the power to fight that war. All right, last question of the episode. And this one comes up quite a bit on the history subreddit. How come Spain did not get directly involved in World War II? Now, most people see the connection between Hitler and Franco and get confused as to why Spain didn't help during the war, at least against France. And there's a pretty obvious reason why Spain didn't join, and that is because they had just fought a brutal civil war. While the Germans and the Soviet Union got the benefit of military experiences, they also didn't have to deal with the utter destruction that the war caused. It's also a pretty bad idea to fight in a world war less than a decade after you fight a civil war. You'd have to imagine that a third of the population probably isn't too happy that you're in power, and this would give them an excuse to cause additional unrest. However, Spanish volunteers did serve with the German army, and they were known as the Blue Division, and they fought on the Eastern Front. Five questions went pretty quick this week, guys. I want to thank you all very much for listening. Next week, we'll be back with five more. A little bit short going to try to get it 10 to 20 minutes, I think, with these episodes. allows me time to research and read for the more in-depth shows. So make sure to check out the YouTube channel, Interesting History, interesting-history.com, for all of your history, interesting history needs. 
Um, all my podcast shows are there. All of my videos from YouTube are there. Um, and any uh, sort of bloggy articles that I want to write will be there. Check out Interesting Hist on Twitter. Um, going to start trying to post there. I'm following a bunch of different historical authors and um, doctors and cultural historical people. Um, we're going to keep that that going on. So again, thank you guys very much for listening this week. I'm going to be back on Tuesday so that we can get caught up in the back Thursday. So I will talk to you guys very soon. <laughs>